This is Black, Black Hipster, Hipster, where we talk about Black pop culture, gay pop culture, Black gay pop culture, and, and sometimes, sometimes other shit. shit. Stanley, we got Shall lots we? to talk about yes, today. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Child, the hell <laughs> is happening in the world? Craziness, as usual. <laughs> well, first we have to address the Jesse Smollett, because oh. we talked about it on the show. Yes. And remember... One of the things that I said was a loved one of mine said, I hope that this does not turn out to be a Ryan Lochte situation. And we are nearing Ryan Lochteism. Yes, we are. I hope it's all on, I hope it's just not true. It it doesn't make any, I mean, I can understand why would he do this? I don't know. The latest report, and that was from CNN last night, Mm -hmm. was that he hired these two Nigerian brothers. Let's be very specific that they were Nigerian Mm -hmm. because all the MAGA stuff would then be obsolete. Yes, because they're also... point. (laughs) Were they Nigerian as in they were born in Nigeria? Or like... I don't know. Because that would... Because when I heard that they were... When they said that they were Nigerian, to me, I was like, okay, not only are they of African descent, like black... But they are probably from a different country, so it's like their whole political sort of. Why would they do this? They right. ob- it obviously had to be some sort of, not inside job, but some some messiness. messiness. Just, yeah. Well, they're saying it's inside job. They're saying yeah. that Jesse hired these guys, but then it doesn't explain why. That yeah, is, why? So, so to say he hired them to me is a little weird because then I'm trying to understand. He hired them for what reason? Yeah. Like, because I was just thinking they was probably up to some freaky shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, he was probably like, yeah, bring the news, let's play sex slave or some shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he didn't want to be exposed for having been like, yeah, noose me and all this other shit. And then it turned out he was being catfished or it went left. Maybe. But, well, they're saying that that is not the case at all. That this was just a matter of, but he hired these guys. But still, again, I don't get why. And what this was all about, like, was he trying to make a statement? Because, you know, he was all like, good morning, America. Mm-hmm. He was talking about it. And he's been very much in the news saying, I'm pissed that people don't believe me. And he's just like, because people want to make being gay synonymous with being weak. And I'm not weak. And I'm strong. And he's been pressing those points a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure if that's what it is. Or if Justin Smollett just has issues. <laughs> and we're seeing them come to a head in the public eye. I would hope not because, yeah, my thing is he probably is doing this either to gain attention but also to capitalize on the whole anti-Trump thing and maybe he's trying to push that agenda. But it's also kind of like if you were doing this, you should have did a better job also. And then were you acting alone? Is this something that you wanted to put out in the news so maybe people would think a little bit differently about all the sort of um, the bashing and the, the physical violence that that's was going my on because he's a celebrity? That was I was thinking it was like if he did this, he's actually did stage this that that would be the reason behind yeah. it that he wanted to be like see i wanted to bring this into yeah. you guys's attention but yeah. at some point you would have had to fess up right you would have had to say yeah yeah i did this and i did this for this reason you wouldn't keep pushing no this happened why don't you believe me well i feel like to me it makes sense that if he did it he wouldn't fess up because that would make him why people know that this thing happens. In fact, I feel like the only reason why people pay more attention to this is because he's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. So if he says, hey, I, re- you know, I did this, I orchestrated this whole thing, you should realize people would still be upset. Of I think course. People would, people would feel like they got the, yeah. wool, the what is it? The, the wool, wool pulled, pulled over, over their eyes, bamboozled. Right? Yeah. Yes. 
And I, I just didn't want to use the word bamboozled. Oh. <laughs> it was the first word that came to mind, but I was like, I'm going to stay away from well, that. Well, perhaps I don't. I need to brush up on my history of the word bamboozled because <laughs> I throw it well, out Well, no, just because when we're talking about all this stuff that's going on and like, uh, a, a black man having a, ro- a noose put around his neck and, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a racial attack. When I think of Bamboozle, it takes me back to Spike Lee's movie with Xavier yeah. Glover. And then it's just like, well, that actually brings me to a second thing I wanted to discuss, mm-hmm. which is all this blackface stuff that's yes. going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, for those who don't know, Gucci was recently in the news for that um, black balaclava turtleneck that they yeah. had. And I went back to look at their fashion shows, and I don't know if it just maybe wasn't part of their like spring ready-to-wear collection, because mm-hmm. it was not shown on the runway that mm-hmm. way, for sure. Uh, I didn't see a trace of the, the turtleneck at all on the runway. Yeah. I went back to look, because it was just stupid. I think that I, as, a, as someone who worked in fashion... I can see what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. They thought it was going to be cool and sexy and exotic and chic to be able to pull the turtleneck all the way over one's face mm-hmm. and then it would give you red lips right yeah. over the Pops. lips, right? Pops. Yeah. Right? That's the fashion black, thing. Yeah. The black but, against the red. Right. That's that, a, it, it was going to pop more. The problem is they didn't have anyone go, no, guys, do you see what I see? It was an issue. It was like the open mouth, so the lips were extra big mm-hmm. and red up against this black turtleneck. I think if they had had a white turtleneck, it probably would have helped yeah. the situation. It would have helped. And then, they they, right. And then it would have been like, oh, this isn't blackface, or that's at least not what <laughs> they were going for. And then I think it would have been more understood that it would have been like, hey, guys. That black one looks like blackface. You should probably pull it. Mm-hmm. Versus, this is racist. This is insensitive. This is ridiculous. Um, but again, it just points out an issue that Diet Prada um, addressed. Yeah, I love Diet Prada. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my favorite Instagram accounts that I follow. And Prada had this issue in December mm-hmm. when they had the little mammy ass uh, keychain dolls they oh, were selling. See, I did not see. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the issue was that. Someone who worked for the NAACP happened to be walking by a Prada storefront and saw it Mm. and was like, the fuck? (laughs) And that's how that whole ball got rolling. Mm -hmm. And Diet Prada addressed it by saying, you know, it's not a a matter of these companies actually attempting to be racist. And I don't think anybody thinks that that's what's happening. Like someone will, ooh, let's totally like make a joke at the expense of the hurt and anguish that black people (laughs) have experienced with this mammy figure. Mm -hmm. Um... The problem is they don't see it. So I was at Hugo Boss for the week helping mm-hmm. with Fashion Week stuff. And I showed it to the girl who was working in the PR room with me. And she was just like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right. Um, she's Filipino. And I was like, your relationship with blackface isn't the same as my relationship with blackface. When I saw it, immediately that was triggered in me. Yeah. I saw it immediately mm-hmm. upon laying eyes on the figurine. And I said, but for someone who didn't have that in their background, it's very likely that you would see that and just be like, what, it's, just, it's a keychain, I don't understand what the red lips are. Exactly. And you don't see it, but that's the issue, is that there is no one at the decision-making level to say, guys, we cannot sell this. Mm-hmm. To say, guys, when black people see this, they are going to see blackface. They're going to see mammy dolls. It's, this is going to be offensive, yeah. and this is going to be an issue. Or they can say, I'm offended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't sell this. 
We we absolutely cannot put this on the market, but they don't have anyone in their C-suites who do that, mm-hmm. who can say that. Like I said, the, the first time a black person in the company probably comes into contact with the damn thing is probably on the store level. Yeah, And exactly. they go, you need to sell a certain amount of these. And then they're like, like wow. the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, y'all, y'all don't think this look like yeah, a little, little problematic? Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. And that's the same thing I would assume that's happening at Gucci. Mm-hmm. It's the, you know, there's no one on that executive level at the design point before this thing goes into production mm-hmm. to say, oh, hell to the no. That looks crazy. We're yeah. not doing that. Yeah. It's the same coolest monkey in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that same issue where there's just no one in the room. And with that one, you know, I, I think I feel a little differently than everybody else because uh, I always said, the boy's parent, someone had to be in the room. And if they didn't say anything, you kind of can't expect the people at H&M to say something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Especially the people who don't freaking know any better. Yeah, and the And then we're talking international. Their relationship with... Uh, slavery <laughs> and black civil rights in America is not going to be the same. They yeah. don't understand. They don't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because they were not from America. His parents, right? Yeah. She, they were like Dutch or something yeah. like that. Right. And she did. She didn't have a problem with it. She didn't. Mm-hmm. And and remember, the mom's her immediate response was get over it. Mm-hmm. And then I think when people pushed back tremendously after her get over it, she started to realize where people were coming from mm-hmm. and understand that there was some there was an understanding that she was lacking. Yeah. And just as much as all the other people in the room who didn't think it was a problem. Which which totally is understandable. Right. Yeah, it's just like we black people live in everywhere. Those slip ships dropped us off in various places mm-hmm. with completely different histories mm-hmm. so, and backgrounds. Yeah. So we but, all view things. But the irony was that remember the biggest backlash came out of South Africa where they broke those doors down mm-hmm. and busted up those H&M stores. Mm-hmm. And they essentially said they had to close down the stores for days mm-hmm. because the safety of the associates or whatever. And the thing that was messed up about that is like, you know, it didn't make sense to do that on the store level because the people who work in the stores, unfortunately, are the black yeah. people are on the, the ground. People. And they so need those They jobs. need that yeah. money to pay, mm-hmm. you know, to take care of their families and that kind of thing. It's just like... Of course, you know, people got heard as a result, but it just sucked at the expense that it was at. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that the first thing that the people saw when they put that shirt on that little boy was that that green popped on his black, on his dark skin. Yeah. And no one noticed. Wait a minute. Yeah, the words. No it kind of looks like we calling this little boy a monkey. Mm-hmm. That's not going to go over so well. Yeah. Yeah. They should, yeah. 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 But again, you got to have people in the room. That is why diversity and inclusion benefits all of us. <laughs> it's, you know, for people of color to have a seat at that table. Yeah. It's a benefit for all of us and for all the people who don't think that they stand to gain anything or learn anything from black people and other people of color, then you are a racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you're using your power to keep them out of the conversation. Yeah. That is what makes you racist. Mm-hmm. All of that. Yeah, not... Yeah, ignorance doesn't make you racist. Right. So it's just like, for people who don't understand blackface or don't even under, understand why it's hurtful, it's like, well, you just probably just... You just need to educate yourself. That's right. all it is. That's for other black people who are from different countries, not only just people, white people, or, you know, people of color just in general. We just need to educate ourselves on certain things. That the history, and and that's all it means. It doesn't mean that you're racist, right? And but then we have the other issue where, 
as a result, you know, the Gucci, the Prada, then all of these other folks are getting called out now. Everyone's afraid. So then the Katy Perry thing with the shoes came up. Yeah. First of all, did you ever hear about the Moncler thing where Moncler was called out about the little the emblem jacket? on the jacket? Oh, no. And Moncler was straight up like, first of all, <laughs> they, they were not having it. I did not They were not it. having it. They were like... That's the pigeon. It's it's um you know part of their their logo. They were like, that's the pigeon from our logo. It's not blackface, and it didn't look like blackface, but it literally oh was God. like anything with red lips on a black background is now being called out for blackface, and yeah. it's just like it's ridiculous. The same with the Katy Perry shoes, and I don't think that the the brand should have pulled the shoes. They should have said no, no, no. Please take another look. First of all, mm-hmm. the eyes are blue. The eyes are blue. <laughs> the eyes are blue. And did you also see the tan version right next to the black version? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not blackface. Yeah. Whereas blue eyes on, a, what are they, these little black sli- um Slippers. Uh, not they're kind slippers, of like... Mules. They're mules. They mules. Okay. Yeah, they're mules. Mm-hmm. And they have blue eyes with a little... Um, Triangular nose and the nose and red was like lips. the nose wasn't black. The nose was also no. The nose was like a little like beige metal. flesh. Co- yeah, something like that. It was yeah. a different color. It was the same color. It was like a little metallic. Meat. Yes, and it was mm-hmm. so stupid though. And then the fact too is like as soon as I saw it because I heard about it, and I was like, what? So I looked it up. The first thing I saw was the image, and then it was the black um, mule right next to the the beige mule or the tan mule, and I was like, this isn't at all blackface, mm-hmm. and I. I was like, the thing has blue eyes. That was one yeah. of the things that popped out. That's like, the first thing I saw, blue, blue eyes. Just, when I looked at it, blackface, I did not see. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, we have to be careful, too. When we start getting into this, you know, it's just kind of a snowball. And everybody's going to get swept up into it. That, like, basically, Katy Perry's shoes are like the Aziz Ansari mm-hmm. <laughs> of this blackface thing. Yeah. And then it's just like, guys. It can't, it's not all, always the same thing. No, and I think I think that's <laughs> happened with... When people began, we've been in this very PC culture for a while, but when it happened with the Me Too moment and then all, I mean, you know, like you mentioned, NZs, I'm sorry. And it's like everything isn't just black and white. And no matter how, it's like there are nuances, our blackface. And it's just like everyone, it's very gray a lot of the times. And I think we're very quick to label this as racist, to label this person as an aggressor or whatever it may be. And it's just like, it's unfortunate because... If you have someone say something on the on the, in an interview, or or it's taken out of context sometimes, and it's just like that person may not feel that way, but they aren't educated enough to sort of explain and break down each and every detail about what they how they feel about racism or how they feel about the dynamics of men and women. It's just mm-hmm. like everyone. So I think we own it on ourselves to not believe everything that we read and to look at other things in a certain because everything isn't black and white. Certain things you can put out there and they can be problematic. Right. They can be hurtful and it's like even if that person didn't have the intentions the fa- that little sentence that they said is very hurtful in and of itself mm-hmm. and that can be discussed but don't vilify that person because they I don't think they're always coming from that place. You know? Right. And that was kind of what we were discussing, you know, a few weeks ago when I was saying if we did, if we didn't make talking about race and sexuality and all these things so PC in the mm-hmm. workplace, it would definitely help a lot yeah. to understand where people are coming from when you encounter those people every day or you mm-hmm. encounter someone like them every day. Like your super, super white coworker who grew up in Pittsburgh amongst mm-hmm. nothing but white people and they say something and you're like, that shit is wild. Mm-hmm. But you're not offended because you know that person and you know that person's heart mm-hmm. and you know that it's not coming from a place where they are trying to be offensive and you know they're not a racist. Mm-hmm. 
And then it's just on you to explain to them. This is why what you said is wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me. And then they're like, I had no idea. Do you know how many conversations I've had with a white colleague or coworker? And I was just, we were just talking about something. And I explained something about black culture to them, and they were like, "What?" Mm-hmm. And they legit were like, "I've never heard that mm-hmm. before." And I was like, "Really?" I would have assumed that other races knew that, but okay, now I get that you (laughs) don't. But but like random stuff sometimes. Oh my god. Okay, (laughs) last week. So you know I'm freelancing and I was at Hugo Boss and the girl who I was working with in the PR room, adorable. She was a sweetheart. I loved her. And um, I was coming back in the room and I was chatting with this girl. She was like, "Okay, girls, I'll see you later." And I was like, "All right, girl." She's like, "What?" When you like making friends, but you know, I was like, I just met her in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then a few days later, this guy just comes in. Hey, I was just getting my lunch. I just wanted to come in and say hi. I was like, well, hey, the next time you, you know, want to come in and say what's up, you know where I'm at. And he was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. She's like, oh my God, where are you making all these friends? She's like, I've been here since September. I don't know anybody. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I met him in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, you're just so popular. And so a couple moments passed and I was like... You want me to tell you the secret about why I got all these friends? And she's like, yeah, what is it? I was like, did you not notice something that we all have in common? We're all black. I was like, girl, when you go into a workplace and there aren't that many black people, like in relation to how many people actually work there, Mm -hmm. you spot each other immediately. They all saw me and knew I was a new face. Because they know they know all the black people that yeah. work here. Mm-hmm. I said, it's like when we were in college. I was like, man, we'd be in, we could see somebody new black come on campus in our sleep. We wake up, there's a new black face yeah. on the campus. <laughs> like <laughs> we all go running from different directions. Yeah. Who are you? What, what? What? It's February. You can't be a transfer student. You someone's cousin. Yeah, you like someone's a, child. What are you doing here? Like yeah, we talk. I remember meetings where we <laughs> talked about well, not meetings, but yeah, I remember a couple of meetings where even you and I sitting around where someone's like, did you see? This girl on campus at this point, people are like, I don't know who she is. And someone's like, I spoke to her. And you're like, how long has she been here? We definitely have those conversations where we've been sure. randomly. We'll see someone walking by and someone goes, do you guys know them? And we go, no, we don't know who this person and is. And then we approach them. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> we're like, what you about? Who are and you? Come to the BSO meeting. <laughs> you were much better at doing that because I know I even just, you know, I'm going to say I'm being very honest. When I go to work, there aren't a lot of black people mm-hmm. and so there was you know I think I felt bad a couple of weeks ago because there was a new black person in oh, the office yeah. and I, I felt like felt bad, I felt like I should have said something to them just because you do sometimes there is this recognition amongst black people when you're not you know you're sort of minority there aren't a lot of black people and you rec- you say something to each other you go out of your way to say hello mm-hmm. and I feel like I should do that more well I don't want to feel like I'm the only black because I think then it becomes, I've definitely dealt with the issue and I've had to get over that of being like the token black person and not wanting to, 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 to reach out to someone to help them because I feel insecure of my position there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I definitely had to get better at that. And I think that I have, but I still have some growth to do that because you feel like, okay, well, they aren't going to let a lot of us into certain spaces. And But do you and, feel like, oh, that person might be coming from my job? No. No, no, not even, not even. I've definitely felt like people feel, people wouldn't feel less, and this is maybe, this is definitely my own shit because I haven't had conversations with people, but I've definitely felt like in spaces where I am the only per black person, mm-hmm. I felt like it's going to make people feel uncomfortable 
if they encounter another black person. Oh, if, if God it's forbid it's two of you. Yeah, and, and that's that's my own shit. And You're I protecting have, Becky. Yeah, and I have, yes. And I have been in situations where I've, because you, you have code switching, where I've been at wherever, you know, work or, or other places throughout my life. And you switch. You don't speak the same way that you speak with mm-hmm. your friends. And you can see. I do a little bit, though. Yeah, no, you do. You do. You're very <laughs> I, much, you don't change I'm as much as other people. Well, not even just a hood rat. You're very much the same with most people that you come in contact with. And I, even my friends, I change up when I'm with certain groups of people. It's not saying that I'm still not authentic. It's just I'm different. You mm-hmm. can vibe with people a little bit differently, I think, certain people. But I have noticed that when other black people come around, it's, it's kind of like this weird way of like, well, how do I, I can still be myself. And I want to acknowledge that black person. But there's a way that I am with black people that I'm not at work at work right so it's, it's kind of like to be both at yeah the it's same hard time. to be both yeah and then you want to and 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 you don't want and it is it's for me not me wanting to make people people who are not black feel mm-hmm. comfortable and and it's me going okay well i can't get too real because quote unquote, you are real. taught to do yeah that. you're taught you to do are that. taught to do that yeah. from a young age and i think it, it's i understand where you're coming from i understand your struggle i don't know where i got to the point of me just being like Bitch, this me. Mm-hmm. And I just do me. I don't know if I've always been like that or if I have done the switch. But I think it, it just it makes it easier to do both. So when a black person comes in a room or an Asian person or a white person, this is me. And then it helps to not feel like, oh, they're going to be uncomfortable if it's too many of us. Because if I am my most authentic self, if you get me the same way my friends get me, I present myself the same and it's not a problem. You are comfortable. You are fine with it. I teach you some of the wildest shit mm-hmm. about the stuff that black women do and say and experience. And it actually makes and you feel okay. You feel relaxed that way. When the next black person comes in the room, a, you're not going to be uncomfortable or B when you encounter somebody who is very black and authentically themselves, you will not be uncomfortable. So if that person is a hood rat, oh well, you'd be like, nah, she fun. <laughs> Versus being surprised and being taken aback because Shaw was not like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, she is though. <laughs> and I think and I and I feel bad that I've realized about my I've I feel a little bad and I think I feel bad, but it's also like, okay, I have to get over that and realize where that comes from. And I've right. also I've also been because I've I've thought about this a lot and I think it also comes from this place of the way that I am with black people mainly my family is is for me a very sacred and loving thing and it's something that I can enjoy I can put my guard down I can relax Mm -hmm. and I think bringing that into a space whether it be my work or any sort of professional thing and having that being criticized is something that will make me much more angry I don't think Mm -hmm. that I could be around those people I would look at those people a different way if they were to say certain things about not even people that I care about, the way that a person is being, mm-hmm. that I say, this is the way my family is. This is the way my friends are. And if they're going to then attack them because you feel like they're being too hood or they're being too ghetto or they're being too country or they're being too loud. And I feel like that's me. And I then now our relationship is tarnished. And I feel like I'm, I don't want, that's a part of the reason why I'm very hesitant to sort of be around that environment and I, right. it's manifested in ways where it's like, I'm okay being the only black person here. I don't want to bring my friends mix my friends and my work all the time because then you have to defend them if yes. somebody if but someone comes out of there but don't people say those things anyway and we, then it still gives you that sort of jolt of anger or it does or, or you're 
bothered by it because you know that that's who you really are or that's how okay. your loved ones are. That's just how black people can be, that sort of thing. And it and it still bothers you when they say it because then they're saying it in a way that they feel like, well, you're not like that, like that you're one of the good ones mm-hmm. kind of approach. I feel like I haven't gotten that as much in my adult life mm-hmm. because it and, and that's and I think that's fine. It it would make me more angry as a teenager. You would get that every now and then. It's just like whatever. You just shrug it off. But I think as an adult, where I think your relationships that you you form are a bit more deep, are deeper and and long lasting. I would have a problem. It, it would just it it would hurt more. Whereas I'm sitting with professional people and they say something about black people. I feel like it's not targeted or it's not coming out because they saw one of my friends or because they saw someone personal, because they saw another black person who's sitting there who may be an intern or may, then that's different. You know what I'm saying? I don't. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't understand. I feel like it's, I feel like I don't feel as attacked. I I wouldn't get as angry Mm -hmm. if like me and a whole bunch of white people were sitting down and then they bring up something that's black and then they don't understand. And then it's like some sort of semi-racist or prejudice or whatever things come. It wouldn't make me as angry because Mm -hmm. I'm the only black person in the room. Whereas if there was another black person in the room who maybe that topic the topic came up because of something that that other black person did, mm-hmm. it would make me more angry. Oh, because it's a personal attack. Because it's a person. Because now it becomes, it's, it's, yes, it's a personal attack. It's like, that's a fucking human being there. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't think, and maybe I need to go through that. I think it would be very hurtful. And I don't, like I said, I don't think I could look at those people the same way. It, it, it wouldn't be the same. It, it wouldn't be the same. And I know that. And that's why there's also that conflict right. that I have. And also the things of sometimes they'll say certain things and it's like, I don't know why people do that. I don't know. I'm like, it's just like, listen, <laughs> it is like, well, black people, sometimes we do do certain things, but then you don't. And it's like, that does make me angry, but I'm also a black person. And I know sometimes we do certain things because of A, B, and C, and this may not be right, but I can understand why well, we you do know certain where it comes things. From. I know where it comes from. And that's why as a person who is not a part of that community, you can ask those questions, but don't jump on the victim. Don't completely just put them down because you don't know how it is to live this way and to exist in this world. You know what I'm saying? Everything is not black and white. And it's just like it needs to be studied. So I think I'm sensitive for both ways. Like we talked about Becky protecting Becky, but also definitely protecting my own self and being sensitive about this culture that I come from and that I love. Right. You know, we talked about being, you know, you'll be around black people sometimes. Or even just how they, and, and you'll be like, oh girl, I love black people. Or like, I miss this. I love how we are. And, and, and Yeah, it's the difference between watching a debate party at the J school Mm -hmm. at Cal's J school versus watching it with the black graduate student association. Mm -hmm. And I just, obviously the J school aside from it just being a, it was actually a very diverse school at Berkeley. Um, but also just being a room full of journalists Mm -hmm. who were taught that objectivity is everything, you know? And, just no one wanted to, ooh, ah. Mm-hmm. Or some of the professors, because at that point, they're like, I can take the fuck I want. I've put in this work. Mm-hmm. And then watching with the BGSA, and it's like, we barely heard most of the debate. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, <laughs> we were hollering and screaming through the whole ass thing. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it was like, just after being in California for a few weeks, it was so refreshing. I had to sit back and go, yeah, I love my people. Mm-hmm. Like, we are so out of control right yeah. now. Like, you look, you it was amazing. And that was where I formed, I would say in that debate watching party, that I formed so many friendships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it brought me back to like, I love my people. This is why I need, no matter where I go, to have 
that network of black folks because I just I can't get this just everywhere. <laughs> I always felt like too. I know we always go off on tangents, but you know we talk. We always talk a lot about race. This you ain't know, a tangent. Us, this is what we talking about today. Well, you know, you I think about the way that you and I grew up, which is very very different. You know, my family. You know, your um, your family primarily is from the Northeast. Mm-hmm. You know, they're pretty sure you know we're black, so our roots come from other places, even just in America. You know, I always talk about, you know, you have those Caribbean roots and those Southern roots. But, uh, which are not real. Well, you know, which are not real. <laughs> but she, but just FYI, she makes the best fried chicken I've ever had. And I'm from Alabama. My family's from Alabama. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's just like, you know, my family's from the South, from Alabama. Very poor rural area mm-hmm. where it, racism still exists. And it was still an issue, very much an issue there. So anywho, but I grew up in Boston. So it's like my, my way, of, and my mom talked about racial issues but mainly it was just like don't trust white people because you know white people crazy. you know my mother would say something like that but then she would you know she would just my mother just, I love that I love my mom my mother was the <laughs> sweetest person but she definitely had her views because she grew up a certain way right and she's just like you know the racism in the south is very much like you know where you stand where in the north they you know there's a little underhand it's a little sly they Jeez. look at you a certain way and they're like oh don't you Look at your kids. They're so well-dressed. And she's like, because I'm a black woman, my kids right, can't look at something. They're so clean. They're, they're so well-behaved. So they're the good ones. Yeah, they're the good ones. And she, But then she'd also say, she goes, you know, sometimes she goes, you find a white person. She's like, they, they support you. She's like, the, the white people definitely be giving me my props for certain things. And she goes, you know, you need help. Basically, my mom was like, you need help. Right. You find good people, you hold on to them. But overall, when we were younger, and my mother, she'd probably get mad at me. Because, yeah, she was just not. From what it seemed, she was not trusting the white people. I remember I came home as a kid and said that the person was my friend who was white. And my mother looked at me and she said, why are you friends with a white person? She said, you cannot trust them. And and this is something... How old were you? Uh, maybe I was like eight or nine or something. I don't remember. But I was young. And my mother said this. And I knew as a kid it was coming from someplace, an experience my mother had. And I knew it, she was blanking. I knew... Enough to know I can't generalize everyone, right. but I knew my mother was coming from a place which for her, for her was very true, and there was some truth in that because I'm growing up black in America. But just looking at you and looking at me, I feel like it, it it's always seems like you grew up with very much a I'm black and I'm proud. You know, we had you were talking right. about going to high school, and it's not like people were saying my mother didn't grow up saying you're black and you're beautiful. There was just a different type. It wasn't as in our faces, and also yeah, lots of colorism. It just it was very different. Yeah. I think you're you were very pro black, and right. I was just kind of like More middle of the road. White, not anti white, but just very much like exist. No, 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 not anti white because I know you. We talked about that. You've had some of that as well. You know, in certain places, but there wasn't like my mother would come home and she say, "You're black and you're beautiful." Or these are certain books you should read. Let's push black. You know this and that. Right. She wasn't like that. My mother was very. It wasn't. Your mother also had five children. She was she had five, and she was very she young. Was trying to yeah, my mother was doing other things. She was trying to, over y'all. Yeah, my mother was and doing things. Yeah, one that. of those was handicapped. My mother did a great job. I just think that wasn't her priority, and I don't think that was bad or good. Right. It's just I'm looking at. But it's shaped. Yeah, it's shaped who I am. Okay. And but my mother also de- definitely was like, "You are no better than anyone else. No one is no better than you." She always said that, and she's like, "You know, I came from white person, black person." My mother was definitely very much about. No one is better than you. She mm-hmm. said that. You're, you are worth, you are wonderful, blah, 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 blah. Right. But it seems like, I think as an adult, you have to discover your, and for me, it was definitely much more of a, a proud to be black. Not that I wasn't proud to be black when I was a child, but you, there were certain things I just didn't know about the black experience. So then you have mm-hmm. to become educated, and then you have to learn to love it, and then there are certain little things you learn, you know, as a child growing up. 
oh, that's what that was. That's why I probably was a little hesitant to be this way because I'm black around certain people because right. I didn't love that as much. You can learn to love, I think, I have learned to love my blackness more as I've gotten older. Right. Well, it, um, we grew up very much in that, in our household, mm-hmm. as well as the people outside and around us. So it was reinforced everywhere. And mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference mm-hmm. because you can grow up with that at home and mm-hmm. your parents could be teaching you that and telling you that. And as soon as you step out the door, it's just a completely different story. And now you have to just wear an armor. Mm-hmm. Whereas we were very fortunate that not only did we have that at home, but it was also happening around us as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we went to the African street festival every year. It mm-hmm. was up the street from our apartment. And to see all those people come together, you know, for my brothers to get in for free because they would just bring their drums and just drum in the, in the festival and people would give them money. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a beautiful thing. And to see people, like, selling, like, the remember the, the Africa medallion? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I wish I could find one of those today. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so it was a thing. And, of course, it was, you know, very much in the Northeast and, of course, in, you know, cities like New York and then in cities like Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was a large black population. Yes, mm-hmm. D.C. It was a thing where everyone was wearing, like, Bogolan prints. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and there was there was this this sort of air at that time and this movement to ensure that young black children were not just aware of their culture but proud of it. Mm-hmm. It makes all the difference for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it goes to the experience that you're gonna have, but like you said, that's why our experiences are gonna be different. I was reading an article and this woman was she was just saying that basically whenever someone would ask Oh, what do black people think about this? She would always respond, Oh, I'm not sure. I missed the all black people in America mm-hmm. meeting this week. Like, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But it's so true. And it's just like, ask me what I think is a black person, but don't ask me what black people think. Yeah. Because I cannot speak to anybody else's experience. I did not grow up like that person. We have nothing in common in terms mm-hmm. of our background. And so we see things very differently. Mm-hmm. Or we grew up exactly the same, and then we had different experiences in life, and we now see things very differently. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so that can happen as well. It's mm-hmm. it's a fine line, but I think sometimes there are times where you can say, I think I can speak for everybody when I say, this is some racist ass shit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> there are just times when it's just no question about it. Mm-hmm. That is racism, and that's just what it is. Yeah. Stop. Mm-hmm. That's very true. <laughs> Just yeah. stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were talking last night with Josh and the joke that the woman made. She's like, I'm sick of hearing about all this reverse racism. Yeah. If people want to stop reverse racism, I got a real easy <laughs> response. She's like, great remedy. Just stop regular racism. Yeah, then, She's like, and then it's we're all good. Simple. Everyone is it's good. It's so true. It's, everyone is good. Yeah. And I know, yeah, it's it's a complicated topic. But, it is, but it's not one of those things that's going away anytime soon. So, yeah, it's like I said, if people are sick of talking about it, then stop doing it mm-hmm. and stop the people who are doing it. And then we won't have to keep talking about it. Yeah, because it gets annoying <laughs> for everyone. Right, that's the thing. Do, do you not understand for the people who keep having to bring it up that it's they're sick of it too? Exactly. It's not fun for anybody. No, so if we all just do our part... It'd be easier for everybody. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but 
Sorry. No, go ahead. What but also, say? we were going to talk briefly about Gina Rodriguez. Yeah, yes, yeah, Which yeah. is also... However, time is up. Okay, so we'll So, bring, we'll talk about we'll Gina talk Rodriguez, about Rodriguez next later. week. Yes. Which we'll just sure record in like five minutes. We're just going to record okay. next week's episode now. Yes. So, it's, it's, it's hot on that mouth. Yes, hot yeah. on that mind. We'll go yeah. in the meantime. Stanley, where can they follow you on Instagram? Standrick W. And you can follow me at Always Fashion Week. You can also follow us mm-hmm. at Black Hipster Podcast. And you can email us at blackhipsterpodcast at gmail.com. You know, let us know if you love us, hate us, anything that you want to talk about. We're welcome to it. And also, make sure to rate us anywhere that you listen to your podcast. And rate us a high rating. If you think the show sucks, and don't say anything at all. Didn't your mama ever teach you that? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. all. Mm -hmm. All Alright, in the meantime, bye! Bye!